will not tolerate the beating of of black people any longer. are the people that get to change the molecular structure of the hearts and minds of the people who live on this planet. Please don't ever stop doing that. Please don't ever stop telling the truth. Hey y'all, welcome to Revolt Black News. I'm your host, Ebony K. Williams. While mainstream media continues to neglect and even ignore the black LGBTQ community, here at Revolt Black News, we're going to take a close look at exactly what's happening. We're gonna look at the devastating deaths and murders that continue to happen in the black trans community. And we're gonna cover it in its entirety. But first, we're gonna have a conversation with a dear, wonderful friend of mine. This man is an author. He is a television host. He is the father of two young black boys. Uh, and he's just an all-around exceptional person and zealous advocate for the LGBTQ community, Karamo Brown. Karamo, thank you for joining, babe. Of course, anything for you, you know. You call, we come running. I want to start with how most of us were introduced to you, and that is on the real world Philadelphia. Was anybody back home surprised? Like, were you coming out on the real world, Karamo? Um, or were you living uh, uh, out in proud life before the show? Um, I was living an album proud life. I started to tell people my sexuality at the age of 15, um, 16, really, you know, especially after my first and only girlfriend um, got pregnant with our child. But it was also important for me to respect, respect black women and also making sure that I'm having honest conversations with black women regarding my sexuality. So because I have sisters and, and my mother raised me and I didn't want them to ever be in a situation where I was treating someone else's sister with dishonesty because I wasn't ready to be comfortable with myself. We have nothing but love and support uh, for our gay black men. However, however, sometimes some of us have found ourselves in relationships with men that are, as you say, struggling or, or just again, being dishonest at our expense. I want black women to know it's not malicious. It's not intentional because mm -hmm. most black gay men we revere black women. We, you know, like we, you, if you go to the gay club, we are next to our sisters and we're like, we are, we're picking up nuances from each other. We are loving each yeah. other. And so sure. it's, it's just about that journey of growth and understanding that we have to try to create more spaces for black, young gay black boys to feel comfortable about who they are. I could not agree more, and I will say not to alleviate the responsibility um, of any of our LGBTQ brothers and sisters to step up, sometimes in that difficult truth, because it, indeed it can be. Um, but I do think some of that's on the culture. I think yep. you're right, and I've been thinking that since I was um, a freshman at UNC Chapel Hill. At the time, Karama, I did a lot of advocacy work with HIV and AIDS. Mm -hmm. And one of the things at that time, you know, this is kind of late 90s, early 2000s, and we were starting as a black community to have a conversation about why our infection rates were so disproportionately high. Some of the reason our rates uh, are so disproportionate is because there's no safe place, uh, I submit, to be gay and black in this country. Um, and when we look at our white counterparts, they've done a much better job. I also want to acknowledge the gay community is racist. The gay community is also transphobic and the gay community is sexist because it's ran mm. by gay white men 
who still have a privilege of being white men and they bring that racism into our community. I just wanted to throw that out there really quickly. Um, uh, yes, that's yeah. important information because I don't think, you know, if we're, if we're black and we're not a part of the LGBTQ community, Karamo, I don't think, I think that we're ignorant to that dynamic. I think that there's a, a, a misbelief that it's all good, you know, with, within your community. And, and I think you speak, speaking to that uh, tension you know, yeah. is very, very important. And so you find uh, a situation where our LGBTQ black brothers and sisters can find themselves displaced in yes. general. Now you are an international phenomenon and I'm not just gassing you, brother, that's the truth. Seriously, people hit me up. If I post a picture of us from our early <laughs> days at Digital Old, people are like, oh my God, you know Carabo. And I'm like, bitch, of course I know Carabo. Okay, of I course. all with Carabo. Um, but it's a beautiful thing to witness. Yeah. It's extremely mainstream and it's extremely powerful and your reach is broad. Tell me what your journey and what your strategy was. I, I will tell you that as my career has grown, I have actually tried to make sure that I have always continued to be my authentic self and to continue to add the culture in. And mm. I mean, there are little fights, little fights that people have no idea. This is one of them. Some of the producers were like, we don't want you wearing a hat. And I was like, why would I not wear a hat? And they were like, well, because it doesn't send the image we're looking for. And mm -hmm. if it wasn't for the support of the network and me fighting the small battles, you would not hear certain things on the show of constantly being like, you know, it's, it would be very easy for us to pretend like, oh, it's five gay guys. We're just going to wish past this. And I'm like, no, 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 we can't. To start getting into a place where you're now having conversations in, with groups of 10 to 20 white people who are executives and producers trying to say, no, 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 I know better. As even with the intersection of being a gay man and a black man um, in this industry, I understand that my voice is important, but I need allies like you, a strong black woman who continuously amplify my voice in our struggles. And that is what's so important about this moment with Black Lives Matter is that we've always known that all black lives matter whether it's gay, bi, trans. And, and we also have a history, you know, before colonialism, Africans supported our community. They, there was love for us, you know what I mean? And it takes the support of African-Americans like yourself and others who say, I'm not gonna stand by and not have this part be a part of the conversation. Uh, thank you for that, first of all, Karamo. But just know that is, um, that's the least I can do as somebody who's occupying a platform. So when I was first um, starting on State of the Culture, I remember the very first episode uh, happened to be Malik Yoga had just come out and talked about his trans attraction. So I talked about it in, in an educated sense. And what did I do that for? Sadly, there were people in our culture, part of some of us talking about, oh, here comes, you know, this new girl pushing the gay agenda. There is a narrative still in our culture that it's suspicious of whether it's individuals like myself or you or, or anybody else that is advocating for the visibility and the equality and the empowerment of our LGBTQ brothers and sisters. And they'll call it anything from the gay agenda to what have you, a takeover, all kind of shit. Yeah. Um, what, what say you to them? I want anybody in the black community who is listening to, first of all, know that if there is a gay agenda, when they are writing that agenda, they are not talking about my black ass. And so 
when you think that we are coming with this agenda to sort of do whatever you think we're trying to do to, you know, change your kids, to you know, like destroy Christianity, whatever you think we're trying to do, we are not. We are trying to survive and to live and to thrive and to appreciate um, our blackness and our black culture just as much as you are. You know, I tell people all the time when I get stopped by the police, the cop doesn't say, oh, you're the gay guy from TV. You know right. what? Listen, I- I'm giving you a pass today. There's not that conversation. The, the conversation- you're, a, so you're a six foot three black man walking done. around Los Angeles, probably in a nice ass whip. Done exactly. and done. And that's how it is. Yeah. And, and that's how it also is when I'm in spaces that are gay. I go to these award dinners and I walk around and I walk in and I get so upset. And the minute I get on that stage, I say, why is this there 400 people here and only 15 of them are of color? Why are we not in the conversation? So I just want everyone to know in the black community that our struggle is we are trying to be seen as black folks, even within the gay community, because again, racism, there's no agenda here. What we are trying to say is that across the board as black people, we all demand and deserve equality. You take out the gay for a moment and just remember, I am black and I need you as another black person. And then that we can go from there. We can go from there. Um, before I let you go, Karam, I wanted to share with you, uh, I was on an international trip and one of my trip mates, it was like most of our scenarios, it was just a sprinkle of us brown and black folks. And uh, one of my trip mates happened to be this beautiful brother uh, named Lamar. And Lamar was um, six foot two or three, uh, took up space, a brilliant playwright and director, uh, and just a beautiful soul. One of the, the white gay guys asked the question, like, why does it seem black men and black women, black gay men, and black women are so close because as you say, there really is a kinship, I think, um, between black women and, and black gay men. And brother Lamar said this, he said, because in my life, um, I have had moments where I have literally been unsafe, literally. And it has only been in my experience, black women that have literally put their bodies in front of mine to keep me safe. Mm-hmm. And, um, I'm just, you know, choking up almost just thinking about it because when he said it, Karamo, it was, it it resonated and it felt so good, but it also was a challenge for me to continue to put my body in front of his and other young men like him. So Karamo Brown, I love you. Congratulations on another fantastic season of Queer Out for the Straight Guy. I know you're promoting and you're busy. You got these Netflix checks and all these bags coming (laughs) your way. This luminary bag, this Netflix bag, this book bag. Um, I'm more proud of you. Uh, You dropped words of wisdom. You showed us love and you gave us a challenge. And I appreciate you for that. Stay with us because coming up, we have much more Revolt Black News. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Revolt Black News. These are your headlines. Garrett Rolfe, the former Atlanta police officer, is being charged with felony murder in the shooting death of Rashard Brooks. These are the 11 charges against Officer Roth and the possible sentences for a felony murder conviction would be life, life without parole, or the death penalty. We see charges being brought in the killings of our unarmed black brothers and sisters oftentimes now, but what we don't see are convictions. Here at Revolt Black News, we will stay on this case and we will cover it 
to make sure that we see exactly how justice is served. In response to Rolf's murder charges, it's being reported that several Atlanta police officers either walked out on the job or stopped answering calls mid-shift. For me, I'm not particularly bothered by it. If the response to Atlanta PD is that now they're seeing there is some level of accountability for officers that insist upon infringing brute force and violence, death and even murder against black men and women in this country is going to be accountability. If the notion of accountability around that type of behavior is so off-putting to them that they no longer want to perform the job of law enforcement, I say let them walk. We don't need them. Turnover in this particular circumstance is a good thing. Hangings of black people in this country devastatingly continue. As a teenage boy in Harrison County, Texas, was found hanging from a tree in an elementary school parking lot. Now, right now, officials are saying that the young man hanged himself. I find that difficult to believe. I, I really do find it difficult to believe that young black men and women, boys and girls across this country are randomly all of a sudden deciding to simply hang themselves from trees reminiscent of the Jim Crow South. In fact, I've seen colleagues of mine and friends of mine go on social media and just say, for the record, if y'all find me hanging from a tree, I didn't do that shit to myself. Look into it. I'll leave it there. Footage surfaced of a cop in Clayton County, Georgia, holding six black teenagers at gunpoint. Neighbors stepped in to help defuse the situation. Let's take a look. Stop! All of y'all, stop! Get your hands up! Up! Just relax. Nobody's hurt. Ready? I need a 73. I got a crowd forming on me. You ain't got nothing to do with this. You ain't got nothing to do with this. I'm not checking by myself, guys. I'm one against five. Because I'm being safe. This is exactly why it is so important that we understand the value of community policing. Because when the community is not involved in these efforts, that's exactly where we see the problems. Led by Senator Tim Scott, the Republicans have now put out their police reform bill called the Justice Act. In it are incentives to ban chokeholds and funding for body cams. I think this package speaks very clearly to the young person who's concerned when he's stopped by the law enforcement officers. We see you and we can direct our resources as a federal government to making sure that the outcomes lead to safer officers and safer suspects. Now, certainly we expected this to come. My question is how serious is the GOP when it comes to this bill? I will know they're serious when they lean into bipartisan support and community engagement for their reform efforts. The possibility of qualified immunity getting a review from the highest court of our land was shut down when the U.S. Supreme Court decided not to re-examine this really perplexing form of police protection. I wasn't surprised that the Supreme Court punted essentially and chose not to review this very complicated and, and frankly random and arbitrary police protection that allows for officers to not be held civilly liable even in the face of misconduct. So now if qualified immunity is to end in this country, it will be up to legislation. In a 5-4 decision from the U.S. Supreme Court, today marks a big win for the Dreamers. The Supreme Court said that Trump cannot shut down DACA. For the second time this week, thank goodness for three separate branches of government. Thank goodness that there is an additional branch of our government that can override 
the seemingly arbitrary and sometimes quite ridiculous movement of this administration. With the country continuing to open back up, coronavirus cases are spiking in over 20 states, with both businesses and their patrons feeling the pressure for the need to wear more masks. This is pretty much common sense, y'all. Just because the country is deciding to open up primarily for financial reasons, that doesn't mean that there's a cure or a vaccine for coronavirus. That doesn't mean that you are immune from coronavirus. So make sure that as you go out and about, you wear your mask, you continue to social distance, and you protect yourselves. Kyrie Irving, who reportedly says he does not want the league to open up right now, is now being reported to also say that maybe players should start their own basketball league. I'll simply say, Kyrie, I'm not mad at it. That's it for today's headlines. We'll be right back with more Revolt Black News. But first, a word from some powerful trans activists fighting for equality. Let's take a look. you something black trans women are being killed in this country 2019 was the deadliest year on record for transgender americans this heinous violence against trans people which disproportionately affects trans women of color is nothing short of an epidemic what does it mean for the city of minneapolis to band together for the pain and suffering of a black man while being silent on inflicting pain and suffering on this black trans woman say her name ayana dior we know that Black people are vulnerable, especially vulnerable in this society, and trans folks especially, and especially trans black folks. Black trans lives matter! Black trans lives matter! I represent a population that is healed every day. It's important because I see, you know, transgenders lose their life. We will not be held down. We will fight back. We will no longer be silenced. You cannot be a supporter of the Black Lives Matter movement and be homophobic. It's point blank, period. It's okay to love. It's okay to see people in the world for who they are. I'm tired of being black and standing up for my black sisters and brothers and my black lineage and my black heritage and my black soul and my black comes back and smother me. Sometimes I feel like I can't breathe either. We talk about love. We talk about humanity. We must see the human factor. Our foundation is human, not sex. It is not about us saying to someone else that I accept you or I tolerate you. You do not have the power to accept or tolerate me. I take that from you. You will respect me. My community dies every day. That is a human being. We're all human beings. I am here, and nothing can push me aside. This world is for me too, honey. And that's on period. Hello and welcome back to Revolt Black News. Um, my name is Yari Jones. I am an actress, model, creative, and I'm here with Ryan Jamal Swain. Most of y'all know him from Pose. Yeah, What's yeah. up, Ryan? <laughs> hey, 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 my sister, how are you? I'm good, you know, trying to survive, live. <laughs> you know, right, exactly. Just exactly. definitely. Mm -hmm. Yep, that's what it is. 
what do you think is uh, our duty as entertainers, people who are in the limelight, to help amplify um, what's being done in the streets? Yeah, you know, I, I think that as a, as first off, as a, as a black person, but then also as somebody with some type of visibility, right? We have to do our best in using our platforms to exercise and amplify the voices of the people that we are serving through our work, right? Because a part of who I am cannot be without the people that are receiving, consuming, and being inspired by, challenged, or angered by the work that you and I do. Uh, there's this beautiful, beautiful quote by um, uh, Catherine Bond Stockton from The Queer Child, which was like, we fear the children we would protect. And I find that with that quote, it amplifies a lot of things that the, the intersections of people not understanding what's going on, what's happening, who people are, and not being open to have the conversation because care is how we occupy safety. So Absolutely. it's just like, so if, so if I am an artist and I know that my brother, my sister, my gender nonconforming, my gender queer folk, uh, my trans sisters, my trans siblings are hurting, um, then there's 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 a, there's a duty for me to activate my care. So then we can activate some type of safety or some type of tangible change. Allyship can't just be a post. Allyship no. just can't be, I support you. Like you have to be willing to go in the streets. You have to be willing to give up your funds. You have to be willing to essentially get, uh, get harmed, right? I think the allyship definitely needs to, you know, bump up a level bump up um, oh absolutely oh it needs to bump up it needs to reboot <laughs> it needs to rewire it just, just come on do up. your thing please <laughs> keep doing your thing because keep it's not enough up. for you it's not enough for you to be awakened to this it, now you have to actually it's life work if you're going to be an ally it's not enough for you to post it's something now that okay you're awakened now i'm not giving you a thank you welcome welcome to the movement exactly truly <laughs> i'm not the party <laughs> why you can make the party sweetie thanks Bye. you know like and Pose is a is a platform that has humanized trans people on a different level, right? More than any probably other show um, that's out there. So it's like you know when um, Jill and her white family is watching Pose in the middle of America, they can see, oh wow, they're actually human. You know, we can yeah. treat them as as such, right? Yeah. You know, it, it shows it. it, it it shows um, that you're allowed to be compassionate to queer people. You're allowed to, you know, care for queer people. You're allowed to um, to love and respect queer yeah. people, right? So I feel like as, as this artist, like, it, it is our duty to, you know, paint that imagery so it can be reflected back um, into, into mainstream, I guess, into real life, you know? Yeah. Um, I think the inclusion is starting to happen within Hollywood, you know? Yeah. Um, it's, it's, it's small. <laughs> <laughs> it's small. Let's, let's just be clear. It's small. It's, yeah, it's, small. it's very small. It's, it's, small. Um, it's very small. We are being awoke. Somebody, somebody of um, a woman or, or, or a man or, a, you know, gender nonconforming person of trans experience is looking at themselves and realizing like, yo, that's me, because they could, you take this very specific, and people outside of that experience, because you're taking a very specific story and you're illuminating a universal truth of all people. What, what, what is the equalizer for all of us, which is love, acceptance, and, 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 and trying to find your remnants of family and leave a legacy, leave your mark. And I think that that is so 
because because the, because the stats are alarming when we're talking about absolutely you know <laughs> you know my yeah, our siblings and you know like um uh just with just like how many young black trans women are being killed um and misgendered and dead man all these different all of these things is just like i'm sorry wait yeah what are you doing what are you it's like y'all don't y'all don't get this and and what's so what's so what's so awkward and 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 a little uncomfortable for me to talk about and we can talk about this more in our even our in our conversation you and i is the fact that there there have been things about systemic racism that have been wildly successful in keeping us as black people down you know keeping us um across intersections thinking that you know this type of this type of black person is 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 not do the same rights and 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 oh absolutely and, and situations as other people and that already in itself is why this overall systemic oppression and systemic um injustice needs to be eradicated from the jump what beyonce did when she was <laughs> trying to figure out where to place her her, her um her ivy park deal or collab with yeah she asked one company she was like this whole room, she went into a meeting and they didn't look, look anything like her. She said, well, how are you going to bring me on, on top of a project or a company where the room don't even look like me? Well, this does not reflect my America. And the thing about that is, and what's so smart about that is the fact like, yo, we have to hold everybody accountable. To me, yeah, the idea of um, equality is not enough anymore. I, I yeah. think we need to like, you know, think more radical and think, what does liberation look like for us, right? Mm-hmm. You know, I think so often we are fighting a fight, especially as Black queer people, you know? Yeah. We're fighting a fight that's not going to benefit us, right, sometimes? Yeah. You know, yeah. it, it benefits our Blackness, but our queerness is erased from it. And people tend to think that those two things are separate, and they can't be. They can't be. <laughs> they can't be. Right, they like, can't be. Absolutely not. <laughs> it's I, like, I, how I, can I, I... How can I... Do, what? <laughs> no. When we start to start to push equality, is like we become what we're fighting against, right? Yes. The, oppre- the, 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 the makeup of oppression is now, it becomes part of our community. Absolutely. So it's like now we just shift it over, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, mm-hmm. I'm, I, I don't want what they got. I, yeah. want, I, I want better than what they got. I want better know? than, I want like, all, I want. Exactly. Really different. It's like, we, we can't compare ourselves or look um, as uh, look um, at white supremacy as a as a benchmark or as a place where we need to get no. to. Because that's what, it's, that's, what it's, that's what it feels like sometimes, you yeah. know, especially as a queer person. Right, I love the idea that Revolt is trying to engage in really, really crucial, hard conversations, right? With what they've been doing with their programming recently. But oh, again, no. these, are, these, are, these are things that, have been affecting us from music all the way over to politics, Thanks. all the way over to 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 commerce, all the way over to in, like it, it's it, enough is enough, right? Like we exactly. can have all the damn conversation. Exactly. Now it's just like active, like implementing action, action like variables that give us something tangible that we're working towards. And, and you know, really and really having radical conversations and 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 spaces where we can really think, you know, outside of white supremacy, right? You know, think of out of the society that we live in, because I think so often, you know, when we think like this, we're shut down, yeah. right? Yeah, Automatically, absolutely. well, absolutely. you want to defund the police, how that's going to happen? Who's going to, 
It's like, right. we, don't, we don't have to have the answer right now to know that something is wrong or that something is bad, you know? Yeah. Or we don't have to have the answer right now to know that we want better than what's happening right now. So yeah. I think the more that we talk and the more that we, you know, have these hard conversations and allow ourselves yeah. to have them. I know, I think Black people never have the space to, you know, talk directly to each other. Spaces yep. where we can cry together, spaces where we can get really mad at each other, spaces where we feel uncomfortable. I feel like when we have those spaces, we create a vulnerability that allows us to think more and allows us to move forward. Um, Absolutely. To essentially, you know, a better community. <laughs> a better community. That's what we have to child. Well, it's yeah. been a pleasure talking to you, my love. No, it's, always, it's always good seeing you. Thank you all, all right. for tuning in with us hey, today. Guys. And uh, Black Lives Matter, Black Trans Lives Matter. Trans is a bridge, a gap. Our deaths are the gap. Air, we do not have it. Bridges connect the ones you drive on. They bring you from city to city, from state to state. They connect you, but not us. Trans is a bridge, but some of us never get off the bridge. Some never cross. Some stay in the gap, but that's our choice, not yours. Stop putting us in your gap. Give us air. Let us be. Let us be a bridge you're welcome to cross. Welcome back to Revolt Black News. Joining me is David Johns. He's executive director of the National Black Justice Coalition, Uh, and just a zealous advocate for all things LGBTQ community and Black folk. Uh, David Johns, thank you so much, brother, for joining. Thank you for having me, Ebony and Revolt. Absolutely. So I I really want to have a conversation about how we bridge the gap. Uh, Obviously, there's still a bit of a divide as it relates to some parts of our culture and the LGBTQ community and our brothers and sisters uh, of that community. So just from your top level experience, I know you spent many years as a public school teacher right here in New York City. Um, A lot of this stuff starts when we're young, David. Uh, So I would love to know, yeah, what kind of rhetoric you heard, what kind of dynamics you saw at play when we're talking about our babies and and when it relates to LGBTQ issues. Yeah. I appreciate that. Yeah. So for folks who don't know, uh, my name is David Johns, as Ebony mentioned, and I lead the National Black Justice Coalition. We are our nation's only civil rights organization that is both intentional and unapologetic and acknowledging that there are intersections, right? That as long as there have been Black people, even before the terms existed, 
Mm. There were Black LGBTQIA plus people. People forget that as long as there have been Black people, there have been Black queer people. A result of that is that our babies, while they are demanding and taking up space and saying that they don't like these socially constructed categories that exist, they are dying at faster rates. What we know Mm. is that kids who are Black and kids who are LGBTQ are most likely to be victims of violence, whether that's verbal violence or physical violence, right? We know and have data. Uh, NBJC contributed to a report last year called Ring the Alarm. You can download on our website, mbjc.org. But the report was really about Black youth and suicide rates. Because the sad reality is that over the last two decades, the suicide rates, both attempts and completions, or what we call suicidal ideation, have increased for Black kids. They have doubled in the last two decades, while at the same time, they have decreased for every other group of children. And so we should all be clear that while we are having public conversations about police and how um, the, the, the judicial system in our country is designed to sort, oppress, and benefit from the pain and profit from the labor of Black bodies, so are traditional public education schools in this country. They are designed in the way that they uh, implement curriculum, in the way that teachers have a whole lot of power to make decisions that have have dramatic implications in the lives of young people, right? Tell the people about Stonewall and tell the people about how we are here in June, we're celebrating pride all across the the globe and uh, we'll have our parades and our rainbows and all the corporations have their rainbows and and they're all giving the money away. But the truth is, is that, (laughs) correct, right? And the truth is, none of this would be but but for a strong black trans woman. Uh, Tell the people about how Stonewall came to be. Appreciate the invitation. And let me just say at the outset that the world does not deserve Black women or girls, Mm. period, full stop. Um, Almost everything that is beautiful um, and that we derive joy from as a culture uh, is the direct result of Black women and girls. And too often, especially Mm. I think about this this particular week, um, too often Black women, Black girls, the adultification of Black girls... Uh, causes them to have to be strong in ways that we celebrate, um, in ways that Essence writes about, in ways that you all report around. Uh, but no one should have to bear the weight that too many Black women and girls bear. Thank you. Like, Thank you. With that having been acknowledged, there would not be a pride anything if it were not for a Black woman named Marsha P. Johnson. Uh, for so many of us, so many Black people who love to celebrate Black history and all things Black, uh, consider June an extension of Black History Month. Amen. Um, Stonewall is now uh, a corporatized, often uh, public parade where mostly white people, white queer people get together um, and celebrate. There are lots of rainbows, there's lots of glitter. Uh, and that is important. It is important sure. for people to be able to gather together safely in public mm-hmm. spaces. And too often, Black people don't have that luxury, right? Consider all of the things that sure. have happened around this country, whether it's Post Nightclub Massacre, what happened in Mother Bethel in South Carolina, the things that we continue uh, to deal with, right? And so uh, uh, 51 years ago, um, almost to the date, uh, New York City had laws in place that were designed to discriminate against queer people. And there was a law in particular that allowed bar owners to not serve liquor to queer people because it was thought that queer people couldn't handle their liquor. Again, an acknowledgement that people in power create laws to benefit them. And so Stonewall Inn was one of these places where uh, queer people could gather uh, and where Marsha P. Johnson, a black trans woman, the term trans didn't exist at the time. That's the term that we have now. Things evolve. We have to learn new language, right? Uh, uh, Experience often police coming into that place and harassing them. Again, this is a place where people understood that queer people were going to hang out and the police still would show up and raid Stonewall. And so one day in June, Marsha P. Johnson and a few other folks decided that enough was enough. And they resisted. And for six days after 
Marshall P. Johnson through the first through a bottle that started what we refer to as a Stonewall Rebellion, people rioted and people rebelled. Mm. Uh, people rioted mm. and rebelled in the ways that we learned from white people who protested because they wanted another way to, to Boston have Tea Party. Everything, yeah, all of it. The colonization, the colonization of America. Period, as a result of white all folks of in, in Europe being frustrated with the way that property was tied to privilege, right? And so, Stonewall uh, uh, became a way for queer people. It was uh, uh, Marsha P. Johnson, Silver Rivera, Miss Major, uh, Black and Latinx trans women who put their bodies on the line mm. to ensure that we use people power to push for policy change. And so, they started an organization called Star. They worked to organize and take up space publicly. And many of the things that people, Black people associate with the white gay movement or the gay movement, because again, think about the way that power works when we don't say Black, people assume that it's white. That's the way that hegemony that's works. The that's the default. That Gramsci offers. That's exactly right. That, that's the, that is what we all have been taught to, to, to default to, which is why I remind people that I'm same gender loving. I'm equally as proud of being a Black man as I am about being same gender loving. And the point here again is that pride is vexing because white folks have the benefit of their privilege. They get to come mm-hmm. out to their parents, right? Which is also vexing because straight people, I've never met a straight person that's had to come out, but gay people are expected to come out off, often on demand, right? And tell this story, often a sad story, but white people get to come out. They then get to move to gayborhoods like Chelsea, New York, or Hollywood, Mm -hmm. California, or Boys Town, Mm -hmm. Chicago. The reality is that black people don't have that same privilege. Most black queer people live with other black people. We are disproportionately concentrated in the South. We live in small, rural, and isolated communities and parts of the country where it is still legal to discriminate against us based on actual or perceived sexual identity, gender orientation, or expression. Mm. We have to be conscious of how these things erase the pain that some of us experience. And so right now, there are people literally risking their lives to protest and demand change uh, in the name of George Floyd, and they should. Uh, fewer people are saying the name of Breonna Taylor, and they should. Some people are saying the name of Ahmaud Aubrey, and they should. Few folks in our community who purport to love Black people, mm-hmm. but only really love parts of us, won't even say the name of Tony McDade, the black trans man who was murdered by the Tallahassee Police Department less than 18 hours after he was the victim of a hate crime that was reported on camera. Just last Friday, we lost two black trans women, Dominique and Rhea, right? Gruesome yes. murders of black, black women, right? Uh, right before that, Ayanna Dior, uh, another black trans woman, was beaten by a group of grown boys and it was recorded on camera. I say boys because men... Men do not hit women, cis or trans. They definitely don't jump them. And so while we are marching for and demanding and taking up space to underscore the fact that Black lives matter, we have to appreciate in order for that to be true, all Black lives have to matter. And we as a community have to do a better job of making space for our Black women and girls, both cis and trans, period, full stop. I'm going to leave it there. Uh, we could do this all day because next time you come on, I want to talk about the problem with the word allyship because I've heard oh. your sentiment and I'm, I'm with you on it completely. Be a co-conspirator fully or get the hell out of the way. Uh, David Johns, absolutely. David Johns, executive director of the National Black Justice Coalition. We'll be right back with more on Revolt Black News. Thank you. Can we really all come together in this moment? Um, We have seen how the principle of divide and conquer has been used against our people for centuries. Now is not the time to um, embrace 
prejudices that have been passed down to us from the oppressor. Uh, you know, I think it's time that we interrogate um, where we learned the hate for our LGBTQ brothers and sisters. Because a world where black lives matter is a world where all black lives matter. It's a world where young boys and girls can play out in the streets and not be afraid of getting beat up by their peers. Uh, it's a world in which no child has to be afraid that their parents are gonna kill them because they come out to them. Uh, it's a world where black folks can live freely and walk as their true authentic selves and experience joy and freedom and peace and happiness. That is what a world that where all Black Lives Matter looks like. In order for the culture to be more supportive, we need to continue centering Black, trans, and queer folk in the conversation. Not just the conversation of Black lives and how much they matter, but in our everyday conversations, making sure that we are showing up, sticking up, and showing out for every Black sibling. We must understand that none of us are free. None of us are liberated until all of us are free. And what does the phrase all black lives matter look like to me well it looks like this image right here this just depicts so many of my beautiful siblings who identify across a range of uh, gender identities and sexualities um, but all of their lives matter they are all beautiful um, and they are all very dear to my heart Hi, my name is Ben Corey Jones. I'm a TV creator, writer, producer. I'm also a black queer man in America. Um, in my opinion, you know, black people are experiencing fights on a lot of fronts right now. We obviously have COVID-19 affecting us. We have what I, like, what I like to call our current revolution going on. And I'm really encouraged by the Black Lives Matter movement. I'm also really, really encouraged that the All Black Lives Matter movement is now at the forefront of the conversation. But if you ask me what I think the culture can do to support the All Black Lives Matter movement, it's acknowledge the fight that the Black queer community faces. And what does the world of All Black Lives Matter look like to me? It looks like us acknowledging that these fights are really important, that, that we're all fighting for systematic equality in the same uh, in the same race. We also need, as a Black community, to have these difficult conversations about the Black queer community. Uh, but I'm encouraged, I'm super, super uh, empowered that the All Black Lives Matter is now part of our conversation. And I'm just hopeful that, you know, in the next coming weeks, and next coming years, that we'll all um, find peace with one another. Today was not only important, it was urgent. And if you don't feel that urgency, that immediacy, then you don't feel the pain of all of our brothers and sisters. That's right, our LGBTQ brothers and sisters are a part of this movement and they are necessary if all black lives are indeed to matter. Be sure, there is no gray area here. It's not even black or white, it's all black. Best example of this is tomorrow, Juneteenth. Remember, we all weren't free as black folks until our brothers and sisters in Texas were free as well, right? Same goes here. For all black lives to matter, our LGBTQ plus brothers and sisters have to be a part of our liberation. This weekend is Father's Day, so I wanna send a special shout out to all the fathers out there. Have a happy, happy Father's Day. That does it for this episode of Revolt Black News. I'm your host, Ebony K. Williams. We'll see you next time.